Life Audio. One of the things that I love about the Bible is the fact that we have so many men and women, normal people, just like you and just like me, (laughs) fallible people who struggled in their lives, but who also did incredible things for God. When we talk about what it takes to march, to move forward when it would be easier to stay where you are and die, I'm thankful that we have real life examples from people Particularly in the Old Testament, we've got some good New Testament examples as well, but some examples from folks in the Old Testament. Today we're going to look at one of those people and draw some lessons from his life that can help us to move forward. We're going to jump into that in just a minute. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hello and welcome to the March or Die show today. Glad to have you joining me and looking forward to sharing uh, what I think is a great example of a man of courage, but not an infallible man of courage. And those are the kind we need to look to. We're going to talk about a great Bible example today of how to move forward when it would be easier to stay where you are and die. But before we jump into that, I want to remind you, if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please do that. Take a minute wherever you are listening from and go ahead and subscribe. You can hit the subscribe button, whatever platform you're listening from. There's a place to subscribe or follow. Please go ahead and do that. If you'd like more information about me and a place to find my contacts, my blog, and everything else that I'm involved in, you can go ahead and check out jeremystalnecker.com, jeremystalnecker.com. So please check that out. And that would be... Fantastic. One of the things, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, that I love about the Bible is is that we have examples, real-life examples. A lot of these are captured for us in the New Testament book of Hebrews chapter 11. But we go back particularly to the Old Testament, and we have real-life examples of men and women that the Bible says were people of faith, but they were indeed people that struggled people that struggled in their lives. We can look at some of the great heroes of the faith, like Moses. Uh, Moses was a man, the Bible calls the meekest man that ever lived, did extraordinary, 
extraordinary things for God. We could go back to what he did before he ran into the desert and hid, and then God came to him and he said no, and then God used him in an unbelievably miraculous way. But part of the story of Moses is a story of doubt. Doubt early in his life. Doubt when God called him and spoke to him. Doubt over what would happen with the children of Israel. And then anger because the people God called him to lead were not responding the way that he believed they should. And eventually even Moses, the meekest man who ever lived, was not able to go into the promised land. These are real people. And one of the proofs for me of the Bible and its truth is the fact that we don't have a whitewashed view of those, uh, I put this in air quotes, heroes of the faith. These are regular people. And why that's so helpful to me is when I find myself at those moments in time, and this happens often if you're, you're traveling this path of life, you're trying to do the right thing, you're doing your best to raise kids and work jobs and uh, get your finances in order, whatever it is you're involved in, relationship issues, you're doing your very best. There are those moments where you look around and you think, am I all alone? In fact, I've mentioned this before. I may have even mentioned this last week. But one of, to me, the biggest struggles when it comes to moving forward, when it would be easier to just stay where you are, to give up. Again, when I talk about death, it's it's not physical death, although that can be part of it. Uh, What I'm talking about is something we are all susceptible to. That emotional and spiritual and relational death, that those moments where we get to a place in our hearts and our minds where we say, you know what, it's just not worth it anymore. It's just not worth it anymore. I am where I am. I've done what I'm going to do. I can't go forward. The obstacles are too big, the trials, the tribulations, the traumas, the hurts, the brokenness. It's all too big. I can't move on. I can't go forward. And so death is not the act of physically dying. Death is giving up. Death is saying, I'm done. This is where I am. I'm not growing. I'm not moving forward. I'm done. And I believe more people in our lives, people that we know, even people that look like they have it together, are dead. More people are dead emotionally and spiritually and relationally than we would ever understand. They're not stuck. (laughs) They've just decided to stop moving forward we get to that place and it is easy to look around and say, is there anyone else here? Is there anyone who's experienced anything like this in the past? What are some key principles that those who have gone before me have hung on to, uh, that they allowed God to work in their lives? We can give real life today examples, of course, but I love these Old Testament examples. Uh, I'm going to go through a few of these over the next several weeks. I've got a couple of guests lined up, so we'll drop those in as well. But I want to use some examples from the Bible of folks who just trusted God enough to take that big step forward to march when it would have been easier to stay where they were and give up and no one ever would have questioned it. Uh, One of those people today that we're going to look at, one of my favorite Old Testament examples is a guy by the name of Joshua. Now I've got some notes here today because I don't want to get this wrong. I've got some verses and some, some thoughts I just want to help you, and this has been such a help to me. How do we move forward? How do we keep going? How do we deal with the difficulty? We find in the life of this guy, Joshua, some principles for doing just that. 
So who was Joshua? You're probably familiar with this. If you go back to the Old Testament, uh, he's mentioned in the book of Exodus. Uh, he is mentioned, of course, in the book that has his namesake, Joshua, and uh, throughout references are given back to him. Joshua was the guy who was in the background. Uh, he was not the leader of the nation of Israel. He was an assistant, if you will, uh, someone who helped Moses. Now imagine being Moses' assistant. He was, and he watched what God had done through Moses. He was there when the plagues in Egypt caused uh, the Egyptian rulers and leaders and army to thrust out the nation of Israel and then to try to chase them down. He was there when the Red Sea parted and when the Red Sea encompassed the Egyptian army and kept the nation of Israel safe. He, he was there through the days of a pillar of fire and a pillar of of cloud to lead the nation of Israel. He saw the things that happened to the children of Israel from manna in uh, being given from heaven and all of the provision of God, the miraculous things that took place. Uh, he was near when Moses received the tablets both times. He was Moses' right-hand man. He was one of the spies that was sent in to view the promised land. He was one of the only uh, of the 12. He was one of two that came back with a good report. We can do this. God has this for us. This was that guy. Moses gets to the end of his life and God has said to Moses, you can't go into the promised land because of how you responded when the children of Israel were murmuring and we could talk about whether that was just or not. It was God, so it certainly was just. But what a crazy situation. They get to the doorstep, if you will. After 40 years of wandering around in the wilderness, they get to the doorstep and God says to Moses, your life is done. Your time here is finished. And the reins of leadership for the nation of Israel are going to be given to your right-hand man, Joshua. Now, Joshua was bold, and Joshua had been used in some amazing ways. But I wonder what it would have been like for him to hear that God was going to give to him the responsibility of leading the children of Israel. We could go to Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. I've got my Bible here. I'm going to read this. And if you're not watching on YouTube, I'd encourage you to go check out the YouTube channel. You just look for my name. You can find it there or on jeremystalnicker.com. <laughs> it links there. Um, but I, I'm reading my Bible here. I want to read some verses to you. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. These verses are crazy. I'd spend all day just talking about these. But Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass... But the Lord spake to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, even, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, Toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong, verse 6, and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Verse 8, 
This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Verse 9, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Those are great verses. And, and in those verses, we have God speaking to Joshua, and God essentially says, Hey, Joshua, all the stuff I promised to Moses and the children of Israel, you are the one now who's going to lead into the fulfillment of that. You're going into the promised land. You're taking the children of Israel. It's going to be great. But apparently this guy who never demonstrated fear at any other point in his life, now that he's in charge, (laughs) he's afraid. How do we know that? Because several times God says to him, be strong, be courageous. Haven't I told you, be strong and courageous. Hey, be strong (laughs) and courageous. I'm with you. Um, I, I love that God again and again says, hey, you just need to be strong. You need to be courageous because I feel afraid too. I think one of the the biggest issues that we face when we come to that point so often in our lives where we have to decide, am I going to stay where I am or am I going to move forward? One of the major issues that keeps us from moving forward is fear. I've talked about this a lot. Marching is the analogy I use for a very specific reason. When you march, you know there's a destination. You just don't exactly know where it is. You can't exactly see it. Marching requires just deciding to put one foot in front of the other and keep moving forward. The problem is that doesn't always work with us. Why? Because we want to know how it's going to end. We want to know how it's all going to come together. But marching requires somewhere deep in your heart You saying, God, I trust you. God, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to keep moving forward in spite of the hurt, in spite of the relationship issues and struggles and and all of the, the stuff that I'm dealing with interpersonally right now. I'm going to keep moving forward in spite of my relation or my financial issues and my work issues and what's happening in culture. God, I will keep moving forward. I'm not going to allow fear to keep me from pressing forward. I love that we see in the life of Joshua, a man who had served God, lived for God, who would continue to do that, but at the moment where he had to move forward, was experiencing fear. A couple of areas that I I want to discuss, again, as it relates to Joshua. Why was he successful? Why was he successful in leading the children of Israel? And he was. He led them into the promised land. They saw the walls of Jericho come down. They fought enemies. God used him in an incredible way. Why was he successful? It wasn't because he never experienced fear, because he did. We talked about that. It wasn't because everything was always great in his life and he never had any uh, conflicts or issues. That wasn't the case at all. Why was Joshua successful. I want to give you a couple thoughts. I love these because these are things we can all bring into our lives. Principles. Number one, he was obedient in the small things. He was obedient in the small things. Check this out. (laughs) This is so important. You may believe and you may even say, you may think, if God would give me that big thing to do, if God would show me that big thing that he wants me to accomplish, I am all in. 
But until you are obedient in the small things, those things that others will not see that you may consider insignificant, the stuff you know you're supposed to do, but just doesn't seem that important, until you are obedient in the small things, God is never going to call you to the bigger things. Listen, it's this. Until you are willing to take the next step, God is not going to bring you to that destination where you can look back and say, now it all makes sense. You have to take the next step. Joshua was obedient in the small things in Exodus chapter 17, uh, verses 8 down through 16. I'm not going to read all of those, but the book of Exodus. This story is great. The children of Israel are moving toward the promised land. Moses is still in charge. There's an enemy that wants to stop them. Moses says to Joshua, I want you to go down there and fight. (laughs) Go down there and fight. Joshua says, okay. This is the story where, as Moses sat on the hilltop and watched what was happening, if his arms were raised, the children of Israel were victorious. As his arms fell, uh, they started to lose. He had others who were there to hold up his arms. Great story. But Joshua is the guy down in the valley fighting the fight. He was obedient. He was obedient because Moses, God's servant, said, I need you to do something. And he said, I'll do it. In Exodus chapter 24 and verse 13, we read these words, And Moses rose up and his minister Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. Throughout the book of Exodus, we find Joshua where Moses was, ministering to Moses, taking care of Moses. And remember, there was never a promise from God that if something happened to Moses, Joshua, you're next in line, so stay in there because you're going to be the one promoted. There was never that, that indication anywhere in the Bible, anywhere from the Word of God. But he did the small things. Exodus chapter 24 and verse 13. And Moses rose up and his minister Joshua and Moses went up into the mount of God. And he said unto the elders, Tarry ye here for us until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man have any matters to do, let him come unto me. And Moses went up into the mount and a cloud covered the mount. And the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount of Israel. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him into the mount. And Moses was in the mount 40 days and 40 nights. While God was working with Moses for 40 days and 40 nights, we're told right at the beginning of that passage that Joshua was with him. Now we know that Joshua was back. Joshua did not go as far as Moses did to meet with God. But for 40 days and 40 nights, he was there to minister to any need that Moses had. Not one complaint that we have recorded. Not one time where he said, this isn't important. Why am I not down uh, taking care of something more important? He said, if it needs to be done, I'm willing to do it. This principle cannot be overlooked. We allow ourselves to become so overwhelmed by the enormity of what's happening in our lives, so overwhelmed by the big stuff, that we fail to do the small stuff. You know what will create some momentum in your life? Getting up and making your bed, eating a good meal, exercising, (laughs) 
taking care of the details of life that you don't want to take care of, the, the kind of mundane or meaningless stuff that has a long-term impact. You say, I just don't know if I can do it anymore. I don't know if I can keep moving forward anymore. Get up and do the small stuff. Focus on the small things. Focus on what you can do, what you can control, what's in front of you right now. Let God worry about what's out in front of you, but do what you can do. I say it this way. Just put one foot in front of the other and then put another foot in front of the other and keep doing that in one footstep at a time, one movement at a time, one day at a time, you're making progress. What do you do? Well, it seems crazy, but if you want to march when it would be easier to just stay where you are and die, you need to be obedient in the small things. What does God want you to do? Are you reading your Bible every day? Are you spending time in prayer every day? Are you doing the things you know you're supposed to do? Don't jettison everything because of a big thing. Focus on what you can control. Be obedient in the small things. Number two, this is crazy. But Joshua was uh, courageous in the face of fear. Courageous in the face of fear. We could go back to Numbers chapter 13 and we see the 12 spies going into view the uh, promised land. And, And this was... Early on, they had just left Egypt. God's taking them to the promised land. They end up after this (laughs) wandering around in the desert for 40 years because they rejected what God said. But in order to see the promised land and to bring back a report to the people, Moses sent 12 spies. Joshua was one of those 12. The 12 came back. 10 said, the enemy is too big. Uh, There's too many people. There's no way we can be victorious there. Two guys, Joshua and Caleb, said, no way. There's a an opportunity here. We could do this. It's amazing. He was courageous in the face of fear. Uh, let me say this. Courage begets courage. If you're courageous in the smaller things, that courage compounds. It allows you to exhibit a little more courage in other areas. Uh, courage as the situations get bigger. Courage as the circumstances uh, get beyond the place where you can hang on to them, where more faith is needed as you add faith to faith and courage to courage and strength to strength, you continue to grow in your capacity. I mentioned a battle that Moses uh, thrust Joshua and the nation of Israel into. Joshua led the army of Israel. Remember, they had been slaves in Egypt. He got together uh, those men who could fight, presumably training them, helping to equip them, and taking them into battle. He did that because he was told to. That was courageous. It required an incredible amount of faith in God, trust in Moses, and personal courage. He was courageous in the face of fear. We know from the passage that I just read in Joshua chapter 1, he was afraid. But if we continue reading that passage, what happens? Verse number 9 ends this way. I I read it already. Have not I commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. So the last conversation between God and Joshua, the last phrase between God and Joshua is this. Don't be afraid. I've already told you. Stop being afraid. I'm with you. Verse 10, the very next thing that happens. God's done talking. 
He says, Joshua, I know you're afraid. Don't be afraid. Verse 10, then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the host and command the people saying, prepare you victuals. For within three days, you shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land, which the Lord, your God giveth you to possess it. That's nuts. Joshua, we know is afraid. God says, don't be afraid. Joshua, who has demonstrated courage at other times in his life, um, arguably times that were much less difficult than the one he was facing, put his confidence in God, put his fear aside. And I can imagine in his heart, he's physical, right? In his heart, there may have been some anxiety. I I think there probably was some nervousness. (laughs) This doesn't mean that feeling went away. But in spite of his fear, he pressed forward. That's what courage looks like. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Joshua said, I'm scared. I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know how this is going to turn out. (laughs) But I'm going to move forward. Great courage is needed to put one foot in front of the other when things just don't make sense. When things are hard, when life becomes overwhelming, when it all gets kind of tough, you need courage. Courage in the face of fear. The last thing, there's so many lessons we learned from the life of Joshua, but the last thing I'll I'll point out is... uh, why why was Joshua successful? Why did Joshua experience the level of success that he did? If there was anyone at a moment in time where he could have said, I've done enough. Moses is gone. I was here to serve Moses. That was my job. That was my calling. I'm done. Let someone else do it. I'm not going to move forward anymore. I'm going to kick it into neutral. If there was anyone who could have done that, it was Joshua. But he leads the children of Israel forward. He carries them forward. He does what God says to do. Because he was diligent in the small things throughout his life. He was courageous in the face of fear. But then he lived a life focused on the things of God. Joshua chapter 24. I want to just swing over there real quick. Joshua chapter 24. Verses 15 through 18. Joshua is coming to the end of his life. He's giving kind of a final charge to the children of Israel. He says, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, He it is that brought us up out, uh, brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, and which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us all in the way wherein we went. And it goes on, verse 19 then says, And Joshua said unto the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. Uh, he is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins if you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods. And he goes on. He says, Look, if you're going to be in this thing, you need to be in it. 
Don't play this game where you're going back and forth. Don't do this thing where you kind of want to follow God and then you are going to want to follow another God or do something else. God doesn't play that. (laughs) But he starts that conversation off by saying, for me, my house, you can do whatever you want. But me and my house, we're going to serve God. I believe the thing that really carried Joshua forward was that he was committed to the things of God. He was focused on doing what God wanted him to do. Let's go back to the beginning. Why did Joshua, why was Joshua diligent in the little things? Because apparently he believed that's what God wanted him to do, so he did it. Why is it that he was able to exhibit such courage in the face of fear? Because he knew exactly what God wanted him to do, and he did it. Why was he able to deal with all of the ups and downs of the children of Israel? Because he wasn't doing it for them. He was doing it for God. He knew what God wanted him to do, and he did it. Do you know what will carry you forward and carry me forward? When it all just seems so overwhelming? Staying focused on what God wants us to do. There are so many great examples in the Bible. We'll talk about a couple of more over the next several weeks. Again, I've got some good guests coming on I'm excited about, and uh, I'll share those with you as they come along. But um, so many great examples that we find in the Bible of men and women who said, this is tough. You talk about trauma. Joshua had experienced some trauma, (laughs) combat trauma, the loss of a leader, moving from we're going into the promised land. We've just been taken out of the the land of Egypt and slavery. We're going into the promised land to nope, you're going to wander around in this desert for 40 years. What kind of trauma exists there? How many people did he see die? How many people did he care about that died in that 40 years? Continuing to move forward for the glory of God. He did it. Why do we have those details recorded for us in Scripture? To serve as an example for us. The book of Romans chapter 10 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not a magical process that takes place. It's understanding what others have done. How they trusted God. And how God worked in their lives. And we learn those stories and then we hear the word of God as we read the word of God and we understand what he wants us to do. And just like those who have gone before us, we put our trust in him and allow him to carry us forward. However, as much as God will carry us forward, as much as he never leaves us or forsakes us, as much as he has a plan for our lives, as much as he desires to see good things happen in our lives, we have to decide to take the next step. To march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. I hope that's helped to you. Uh, Joshua has been such a help to me in my life as an example to follow and uh, very grateful for that. Please take some time if you have not yet subscribed to go ahead and subscribe to the show. Very, very important. Uh, A lot of folks listening and I'm thankful for that. And I would ask you to just do one very simple thing. And that one simple thing is to subscribe. That lets you know exactly when new content is delivered. It's delivered right to you. Want to make sure you have that. Take some time. Go to jeremystalnicker.com. Just use my name, jeremystalnicker.com. 
you will find my website, which is a place for the podcast that I'm involved in. The social media content is all connected there as well. You can go and follow me on social media as well as read my blog. All of that is there as a resource to you. So please take some time to check that out. Go also over to Life Audio, lifeaudio.com. That's where this podcast is hosted. Uh, incredible network of podcasts there. I'd encourage you to go and check that out as well. And as we leave, I will remind you, as I do every single week, when the bullets are flying your direction, when the mortar rounds are exploding at your feet, you have to make a decision. Thankfully, you only have two decisions that you can make. It's one or the other. <laughs> you can stay where you are and die. Or better yet, you can march. What are you going to do? Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Want to learn more about God and His will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinice Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.